It's time for Spotlight on KRWC. It's a Thursday morning edition, and today we're going to focus on some happenings at the Wright County Historical Society and Heritage Center. And we're pleased we've been uh, kind of getting acquainted here a little bit uh, prior to the program with uh, the new curator, uh, Hannah King. That's your position, right? Yes, curator and volunteer coordinator. Wonderful. Hannah King is her name, and she's uh, new to our area, started in October uh, at the Wright County Historical Society. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Nice to have you here. We were talking a little bit about uh, your background. Uh, you uh, Tell us, you grew up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us a little bit about where that was and <laughs> how you got into what you do. Yeah, it's. I have kind of a range of how I try to explain to people where I'm from, because I'm from a town of about 500 people originally. Perfect. Uh, that's where <laughs> the about the size I grew up in, too. Yeah, so it's the dairy area in western Wisconsin near Black River Falls, uh-huh. um, which is the interstate exit with the big orange moose, is yep. what I usually tell yep, people, yep. Uh, kind of in between La Crosse and Eau Claire. And then I moved around a little bit for college and then ended up in Minnesota in Morris for a little while before sure. coming here. And you were working at Stevens County, I think. Mm-hmm. Same uh, kind of same kind of a historical society situation. Yeah, just the local history is the Stephen County Historical Society as the curator there, um, and had gone through like a museum studies program and worked in museums in Wisconsin before mm-hmm. moving out here. Great, um, and uh, so new to the uh, the Wright County area, but mm-hmm. you say you've got family nearby, so this is kind of almost a a little hop, skip, and a jump away now. Yeah, pretty centrally located to most places I need to go. Sure. So you're getting worked into the uh, inner workings at uh, the Wright County Historical Society. Talk a little bit about what you've been kind of finding your way into so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I started in October, which was the run-up to our Festival of Trees that yeah. happens every year. So this is my first year doing that. And that's currently up and running uh, through the beginning of January, which has been a good way to kind of dive in and mm-hmm. really get to know my coworkers and how the museum works uh, and meet people from the community because we have expanded hours. So we have our normal 8 to 4.30 hours during the week, and then we're open late on Tuesdays until 8, but there's also 5 to 7 on Sundays. So I'm alternating a couple of those and seeing mm-hmm. everyone come in and kind of enjoy everything that we have it's a really good way to kind of see people interact and learn the community a little kind bit. of a festive way to get things rolling yes and fun it's a little less stressful to start off worrying about decorating christmas trees and getting those going as much <laughs> yeah. as the planning went into it uh then kind of the next project i'm working on which is diving into planning an exhibit which mm-hmm. is more of a normal part of my job but it's yeah. a little more intensive sometimes well let's just review the festival of trees here just for a second now we did um you know prior to the uh, opening we did more on this but mm-hmm. basically it's a it's a hall of kind of customized christmas trees yeah it's really great because people from the community can come in and have a tree that they decorate so we have local law enforcement throughout the county businesses community organizations churches so like the Zionaires the Lions Club, uh, Baby Cafe, which supports nursing mothers, Um, the Buffalo class of 1984 (laughs) has it. So it's really great. People get to come in and have a little bit of creativity and share that with us, but also kind of get themselves out there and promote themselves to the community while also having a really beautiful display at the museum. So it kind of benefits everyone. And am I right in saying there's 
somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 plus trees? Yes, I think it's closer to 60. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> spread throughout uh, two gallery spaces. So it's really magical to walk in. We have the lights dim, so it's just the lights of the trees. And it's just, Festive is kind of overused, but that's definitely what it is. That must be something in the morning when you flip the switch on that <laughs> uh, hall. Yeah, we have some breakers that we have to flip, so it seems kind of traumatic. <laughs> but it's, there's a lot of electricity that goes on. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's thinking of donating, this is definitely a time of year both for... <laughs> The seasonal stuff, but also our electricity bills are way up. Yeah, the um, uh, festival of trees has been going on for quite some time now, and uh, you know you do have uh, a fair amount of uh, displayers that are repeat or they do it yearly. Mm -hmm. But there's always kind of a, a new influx of people that come in and and add to the fun, something new each year. Yeah, and it's open to anyone who wants to do it. Um, so it's obviously closed for this year since it's already up, but if you're thinking about it next year, you can always email our business manager, Sally, and she can get you signed up. And there's room for more people. Even if everyone comes back next year, we have space for new people to try it too. Yeah. And so, you know, all ages come and tour and, <laughs> and basically just kind of at your own pace, walk through and take a look. Yeah, and there's activities. So we have some research librarians along with Sally and all the other staff that put together a scavenger hunt tree. This year there are gnomes hidden throughout, so you can look for that. There's uh -oh. voting on your favorite trees. Uh, so there's lots to do beyond just looking at the trees, which is plenty, but there's activities to kind of keep maybe the fussier younger ones mm -hmm. busy as well with things to look for. And even a little friendly competition among some of the displayers. <laughs> yes, that can be a little intense. People really want to try and win if they were close last year or won last year and want to yeah. repeat this year. So. Yeah. Now this goes on all through the holidays and I think even up to early January, right? Yep, in through the first week of January. Mm -hmm. um, so there's yeah plenty of time to come in. Um, we'll be closed Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, but we will have special hours on Christmas Eve from 5 to 7 if you have family in town and want to get out of the house for a little bit and come check it out. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, just regular hours? Mm -hmm. yeah. Which are all available on our website, but again, that's 8 to 4.30 on weekdays, except for Tuesdays, where we have extra hours to 8 p.m. those mm -hmm. nights. Good. All right, so that's the Festival of Trees, and uh, it's always a big feature and, and one that we have enjoyed uh, sharing with people for, for a number of years. You have uh, an annual online auction that's also kind of a fun thing around this time of the year, and dive into that for us. Yeah, so our business manager again, Sally, runs that. She's a very busy person. Uh, but that's going on right now. And what it is is donations, again, from the community mostly, uh, that are then auctioned off to anyone who wants to do it. Uh, and it's an anonymous online process, so you can bid on whatever you want. And 100% of the proceeds go into our speaker budget. So whether it's the Haunted Buffalo event that we had earlier this year, the tractor series that happens every year, genealogy workshops, all of that is funded through this fundraiser, so that way they're free for the public to attend. So by supporting us this way, you're making it so that you're supporting everyone who wants to come to those events and not have to worry about if they can afford it. Mm -hmm. And this is going on through the month, and uh, do they, I'm trying to remember if, uh, do all items end at the same time, or is it a little bit kind of staggered? So they're staggered with the introduction, mm -hmm. um, and part of that's because people bring in things yeah. Kind of as they realize that it's happening and they're sure. ready to go and help support us. Uh, but it all ends at the same time. So it goes through okay. the end of our day, 4.30 on the 12th, which is a Thursday. And depending on the item, most of them are available to be picked up immediately the next day. So if you're looking for a creative holiday gift 
or just thinking of a way to kind of have some snacks. There's things like uh, homemade caramels that are in mm-hmm. the auction that are really good if you just want to have some extra treats around. Sure. So this is coming up pretty quick here. A week from today is the end. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so if you're interested, you can definitely check out our website. Everything is listed there. Uh, it gets updated every hour, a couple hours with the latest bids. So, you know, and then there's email alerts. If you get outbid, you'll know. So if you're really stuck on those caramels, mm-hmm. you can go back and rebid again and kind of get into it. Any ballpark on how many uh, items there are to look at off the top of your head? Um, it keeps growing, uh-huh. so I'm not sure what we're up to. Um, there's over a dozen, yeah. uh, and it runs from those caramels to um, a convection oven mm-hmm. to a bird bath to gift sets. Um, so there's a huge variety that is pretty good for anyone looking for, like I said, something a little more creative um, that you get to give people so they get something neat, but they also get that warm feeling of supporting a nonprofit. So sure. you kind of double your gift with that. I think in the past, you know, there have been uh, kind of gift basket type of things <laughs> and, you know, a wide range of different things. So yeah, whatever from, people donate, I guess. Yeah, from cleaning supplies to cooking baskets to all sorts of different things. So it's, yeah, always being updated, always changing. So, so check the website. And uh, if you do bid on an item, I would imagine that you have to enter your email address and that's how you get the notification yes. if you've and been Yes, and you'll outbid. get a number which then means it's anonymous. So the only people who know what's going on are me and Sally because we're the ones updating the bids and everything, but no one else knows and we don't get to bid, so we can't compete. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the uh, online auction is uh, going on and that'll continue till next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, End of the day next next Thursday? End of our business day, so 4.30. 4.30 on the the 12th, so okay. Well, hopefully people will look and uh, give generously and, and maybe even add in some more items for bid here, too. Yeah. So, Okay, well, let's get into uh, kind of the the uh, meat and potatoes of, of what you will be doing here uh, uh, once the first of the year comes about. Uh, and uh, that's a new exhibit that you're working on, the uh, the current exhibit or the the one that's been there for a while on World War One, I, I believe, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll be coming to an end and tell us about what the new um uh, exhibit will be. Yeah, so the World War One and Wright County exhibit has been up for a few years, kind of spanning the beginning and end of the war. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be celebrating another centennial, and that'll be women's suffrage. So that passed uh, August 18th, 1920. So that's the 19th Amendment granting women full voting rights. And we want to celebrate that as well as another kind of positive accomplishment Um, A lot of places are doing this, so we want to make sure we're putting our own spin on it as well. So it's not just what was the 19th Amendment, but it's what was it, how did it affect us here in Wright County, and also what else were women in the county doing? So it wasn't just that that was a huge change. Women were fighting for the vote for a long time. They were engaged in other kinds of politics and civic duties, from school boards to auditors, and kind of exploring what that means for us as a specific place in that time rather than just this is an amendment you can go read the amendment if you want we want to get into the story yeah. of it yeah it's uh you know well i guess rightfully so after uh, nearly a hundred years now it seems um it's difficult for me to think about a time where where um, any American, simply because of their gender, was unavailable, you know, uh, not allowed to participate in the election process. Yeah, and that was 
uh, a growing right throughout the entire history of our nation. So obviously, part of the Revolutionary War was the taxation without representation. So it was that Americans, as we would call ourselves now, sure. didn't have a voice in their government, which mm -hmm. was based, you know, across an ocean. And so that was a big part of wanting to form our own country. But even then, it was white men who owned property. Yeah. And we've just been growing from there and expanding those rights. Um, so there is, you know, even after women's suffrage, there's still a lot of times based on race that people couldn't vote. Of course, yeah. And that's still an issue that we're struggling to kind of clearly define and mm -hmm. make sure that everyone can exercise those rights. Um, and that's kind of part of it, too, is we want to make sure people know what their rights are. Um, I've talked to the county auditors, and we want to make sure we have a section that helps you learn how to register to vote so that we can get as many people as possible in the county voting, because that's a huge part of being an adult citizen in the U.S. is Absolutely. Exercising. Where did your research for this start, or what did you start to dig into to, uh, to try to represent this? Um, well, part of it is here. The Historical Society, a couple decades ago, put out a book called Women in Wright County. Mm -hmm. So one of the first things I did moving here and getting into Wright County history for that was read through that whole book. Um, and it's about women in Wright County, and uh, they were all nominated from the community and submitted biographies or autobiographies, and that was a great place to kind of see what the priorities are as a community here, especially through the lens of women and their work at various times, because this goes back to, you know, people's great-grandmothers who were pioneers in the area. Um, and we want to kind of look at how that's going today, so we'll be planning to kind of open that up again, because that was, like I said, several decades ago, and there's been plenty of people who have been making an impact in our community since then. So that's kind of what it's centered around, is looking at how people have helped the community and how people kind of put themselves out there as part of that. And since it's the Women's Suffrage Centennial, focusing on women's work there, because that's something that can be kind of forgotten when it's not, you know, these particular representatives um, but also what people have been doing here in terms of supporting the vote or supporting other community organizations. I would imagine that, you know, if you if you dug into this particular topic, no matter, you know, what part of the this state or any other state mm -hmm. would have its own, uh, you know, the, the overall theme, as you're saying, is kind of, you know, a, a big picture type mm -hmm. theme, but... Uh, each individual community, or in this case in Wright County, uh, a little regional flavor to it, too. Yeah, so I left my last job, like I said, uh, in October, so I was actually working on a suffrage exhibit there because it's just like World War One. It's one of those huge events that helped kind of define our nation. Um, and it was definitely different there. There was a suffrage committee working from 1913. It was in the newspapers. They were really supportive of it there. Uh, and the newspapers here were a little more conservative, so mm -hmm. you don't hear much of anything at all about it. Interesting. Um, and some of them were actually anti-suffrage. There's a lot of like goofy cartoons and poems that kind of mocked them to belittle women mm -hmm. and make it so that it seems like they weren't serious enough to ever vote and have yeah. an impact in that way. Um, so we see a little bit more of that here, but part of that's just down to like the newspaper editor. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting things like that of this one person who had this power of what was being published had this opinion versus the people over here who had that and how does that all combine and make what our government and our county is today. Pretty bold at the time, really, uh, when you think about uh, women to take a stand on that. I mean, they were emboldened and empowered to, you know, to feel 
you know, not only equality, but represented. And, and you think of where it has come since then. We've had, you know, countless um, uh, women in government now. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's an, a very interesting story. Yeah, there's just doing the research that seems like there's been a lot of city and county level representatives that are women in a bunch of different positions. And that was semi-possible with special exceptions before that. But with gaining the vote, with the way a lot of laws are written, that also meant that women could then be elected to government positions, which was something that was sort of blocked off, except in special occasions before that. So yeah, it's not just that women could vote. It kind of kicked off this whole bunch of changes. Sure, they could Um, file for office. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, there's so much that that legally allowed. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the thing too, is there's always a ripple effect with that. Um, So... Yeah, it was important in a lot of different ways. So without giving away the store here <laughs> and uh, telling them everything that will be included, what kinds of things, you mentioned the, uh, you know, some history of the auditor's mm-hmm. office, et cetera, but um, what can people sort of expect with this new uh, exhibit? We do have actual, like, voting records and ballots going back for about 100 years as well, so we'll have some of those out so you could see... Um, all the old-fashioned handwritten records mm-hmm. before us, all these automated things and how people do that. Um, we'll highlight some of the biographies of women of Wright County going through there. Um, we want to have some interactive space where people can kind of voice their opinions because this is all about voting and having an opinion and being able to enact that in some way. So a space where people can share opinions on various things going on there. Um, current voting trends, how to register to vote, timelines of you know like i said starting off from only these people could vote at one point up through where we're at now and where we can still kind of move forward with that there's the equal rights amendment which has been a very long ongoing thing as well Boy, has it ever. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> but just as recent as 2018 states have been ratifying that so this mm-hmm. has been going on for well about 100 years as well but really for the past 50 or so years mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, and that's still an ongoing thing to add yet another amendment that looks at equality and making that part of the constitution and making sure that it's an insured thing for as long as the constitution exists, which hopefully is a long time. So. Yeah. What is your plan to continue to, if, uh, you know, I'm not sure how long I would imagine this is going to be a, a year long exhibit for sure. Yes. Yeah. It'll go, it'll be another long term exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll be hopefully switching out some older exhibits in our main gallery as well before circling back to this one. Um, but it's in our foyer gallery, which is right when you walk in the door. So that's kind of the place we want to have a focus on bigger ideas or more current events versus little spots that focus in on very specific sections of our history. Yeah. So you are able to, as you know, as time goes on, if you come across more uh, artifacts from this period, I mean, you can always add or change or maneuver this exhibit to, you know, when you get new stuff. Yeah, and part of that might be updating the modern voting parts after elections Mm -hmm. um, and showing what our percentages were for different parties and different candidates and things like that. Or if someone comes in and says, you know, here's our suffrage banner that my grandma had that she wore because she fought for the right to vote like oh that would be amazing to either borrow or add to the collection Uh, and that's one of the things too is we actually don't have that much in our collection directly related to that part of the suffrage movement Um, so there's room for growth there but also just to make sure like you said we're kind of right on the edge and updating and making sure everything's 
as educational and interesting as possible. As and local, go. you know, mm-hmm. that's, yes. that's the whole idea of it. We were talking uh, prior to the program, I was mentioning, I was just um, in Washington uh, in mid-October and, and happened, to, happened to see the Smithsonian's little corner of, of uh, their exhibit on women's suffrage. And it's um, fascinating. I mean, they have their gigantic, you know, so they've got the ability to have a lot of those kinds of things, you know, umbrellas and buttons and, and, you know, but this is, that's more on a, on a whole national basis, whereas this is, you know, going to focus right here. Yeah. So the Smithsonian collects nationally. So they are representing our entire country. Mm-hmm. And also they have millions of objects and not yeah. just like a million, but <laughs> multiple millions. Absolutely. Um, here we have thousands. So mm-hmm. like still a pretty good collection for a local historical society, but we're the Wright County Historical Society, so we're only collecting the history of Wright County. So that limits it in certain ways in that we won't collect suffrage stuff from Louisiana, even mm-hmm. though it's really cool because it doesn't fit, but that does also mean that everything that we're displaying as an artifact is truly local, relates to where we are now geographically, but also, you know, as a family or as a community organization that might still exist. So there's that direct connection that a lot of people find really meaningful in a way that you don't see when you go to these huge national spaces. Um, I know when I've gone to museums around the country, when you see something that's like, oh, that's from Wisconsin or that's from Minnesota or even like that's from Iowa. It's like, oh, it's still the Midwest and we're here and we're represented. And that's what you always get when you go to local history museums is Mm -hmm. you're always represented there. I would imagine that sadly, um, along the way, a lot of these kinds of things, if they, you know, were existing around here, probably have been lost or, (laughs) you know, uh, maybe, I mean, we're getting removed enough from it now that, that um, unfortunately, maybe some people didn't even really know for sure you know, what it represented and accidentally tossed it, or maybe it was in with some other stuff. But what I'm getting at is if uh, people have some things like that, um, even if they don't want to lend it out, maybe photographs or something like that would be helpful too. Yeah, there are different ways to share that sort of thing, whether it's, you know, potentially photos could be shared on social media in a way, Um, artifacts could be potentially added to the collection that we have a whole collections policy that guides us um, just to make sure everything that fits in our collection should be there and it's something we want to keep forever because that's essentially what it means when we take something in is that that's something we want to have and want to use and we feel it can carry through past our times or past that particular place Um, but yeah we love when people come in and share their stories or if they want to nominate someone, it doesn't have to be anyone living now, but someone they feel made an impact. And maybe they did find a photo of someone with their little sash yeah. supporting women's right to vote or any other sort of thing like that. We're really looking at civic engagement and community support and just people who have shared their talents and skills with the rest of the community. So it doesn't have to be, you know, this person was a presidential candidate. That's a big story. And those are really cool, but we also want to focus in on those really small stories that are personal, that are specific, and that help say what life was like at any point where we are now. That's what it's all about. Uh, we're finishing up uh, our visit here this morning with Hannah King. Hannah is the uh, new curator at the Wright County Historical Society and the Heritage Center uh, in Buffalo. Um, let's finish up maybe with just one quick review of Festival of Trees and uh, the online auction. I guess that one uh, has a 
has a little less shelf life, so we better do that one first. Yeah, so our festival trees go through the first week of January, and those hours are just 8 to 4.30 on weekdays with extended hours until 8 p.m. on Tuesdays and special hours that we normally don't have at all from 5 to 7 on Sundays and then a special 5 to 7 window on Christmas Eve. Um, And it's fun and it's cool and it's a good place to bring family and friends to kind of keep that holiday feeling going and being kind of happy and relaxed. And we have our online auction, which goes through the 12th at the end of the day at 4.30 is the last time to submit bids. And that is purely to support all of our speakers. So it's a great way if you love our public programs to support us while also getting something tangible out of it that you can then go on and share with someone else. Uh, And that is all online. So you can submit your information for a bidder number and then bid on whatever you want. And we have a bunch of cool stuff from candy to bird baths to soap sets to kitchen sets and all sorts of different baskets. Uh, And that's basically, you can do that whenever you want because it's online. And then that'll be updated every couple hours during the day uh, through the end of the auction. But hurry because a week from today (laughs) is the end. So you got to keep an eye on it. Pleasure to to, uh, to talk to you. Hannah King is our guest, and uh, we welcome you to uh, the area. We hope to uh, visit with you many times here in the future. So uh, have a great holiday season if we don't see you before uh, the new year turns around here, and we'll, I'm sure, talk many times more. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for being here. There's today's spotlight for you on KRWC.